to CGF Minis, the final episode of our GM uh, focused here. My name is Jacob Park, and I'm proud to introduce my uh, typical co-host, but today the guest, the two-time champion, two-time GM of the year, Wyatt Keener of the Winter Faces. Wow, thank you very much, Jake. An incredibly generous and kind introduction. Happy to be here as a guest and, uh, and take this the hot seat and get a sense for what you all have been going through in your near interviews. We're very excited to uh, to have you as a guest. So uh, to get started, we'll start where we did with everyone else, where the team all began with your jersey and logo creation. Um, do you remember much about this process? I was trying to remember <laughs> how we started with you. I know for a while I was trying to get you to go with a pale pink color scheme, uh, and we ended up moving away from it. Where does the bowl come from? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'll start with that question. The bowl is based off of the um, profile picture or avatar that I've used. It, I, I used it when we when we when you were designing our logos. I I it's what I had as my logo. I can share it on on Discord or Slack. I guess Discord. Um, but it's a picture of Pablo Picasso wearing a bowl uh mask like a full hat like a, it's like a mascot hat it's not like a mask that you slide over it's like a full mascot hat that he's got over his entire head and um he's in swim chunks on a beach wearing that it's like a photo series I, I can't remember which specific photo i even typically use if it's with it him having it on backwards or forwards but um i've used that picture since i was in high school i don't remember exactly when it started um, I bowl imagery is a recurring theme of Picasso's, and um, I'm drawn to. It's hard to know exactly how to explain what appeals to that image. About what about that image appeals to me? I guess what I'd say is that um, Picasso is like a notorious misogynist and um, like really uh, like duty dude like he thinks men ought to be super manly in a very traditional sense or he thought that um and so i think he liked the idea of the bull to to represent that like virility and strength and dominance and whatnot um because they often are used as that natural symbol and what strikes me about that particular picture and why i like it is because um one, he looks like a very, like he's not fit in that picture. Like he's got a very big belly. He's uh, not in any sense like attractive or like this domineering man. Like he's kind of old. Uh, it's kind of a pathetic picture of him. So it's ironic in that sense. Um, and the way that he's wearing it, like kind of cockeyed or goofy or like holding his hands wild, um, it it like undermines the very idea that he seemed to try to get out of the bowl in his artwork. Um, it like shows the goofiness or the contradictory nature of using a bowl. I don't know exactly how to try how I'm trying to say it, but it, it represents the he's emasculated in a sense, not emasculated. How do I explain? It? But I like showing the like how 
non-masculine, how non-intimidating, how non-bullish it is. So it's I I use a symbol of traditional masculinity um, with the goal of pointing out how dumb it is. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. As someone who doesn't in many ways feel um, like in a f- we're in a football league, like very yeah. male, masculine, er, but I've never felt um, the camaraderie with that type of thing. Like I've always been very uncomfortable in locker rooms or like domineering, masculine, dick measuring contests. Like that's very strange and weird to me. So I like um, using the bull in an ironic sense to point out how stupid all that stuff is. And that goes with my name too, Winter Faces. Cause it's like goofy and fun and that's the goal of what I'm trying to do. And that's what appeals to me about that photo. Maybe that's the easiest way of, of articulating it. Sorry that I was processing it all on air. That was a very good <laughs> question. Right. And that one I've had to articulate before, but. Um, you have the deepest team. Uh, <laughs> Did you use that image on uh PlayStation network too? Yeah. I yeah. I, like I saw I, it on rocket league. I, I remember now that you're describing it. I definitely remember the. I'm also realizing it's my current, um, I, I have Discord up and I'm seeing it in the bottom and it's my current avatar on Discord. I believe I've used it for all profile pictures um, on the internet that aren't pictures of me. Like, so not any non-social media platforms, I use this bull image. So awesome. I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very unified it, brand you got going on. <laughs> there we go. Um, as for the design process with you, uh, again, it worked perfectly because like you know Chicago Bulls or there's all sorts of bull images in sports um but I remember wanting a classic look and I think I was maybe one of your highest maintenance clients in the initial design process um largely because I was indecisive and didn't know what I wanted I wanted I, I knew I wanted a classic look um and I think that's why ultimately I decided to go against the faint pink your designs were really cool but it reminded me maybe because it was concurrent with Inner Miami's debut um, or because it's not really used in other traditional sports leagues. Sorry mm-hmm. for my voice cracking there. Um, it just never really felt right with the brand identity that I wanted. And so I, I gave you a lot of ideas <laughs> and and you went through a lot of revisions. Um, there were lots of soccer kits, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, and so... I looked at like some really classic football uniforms like Penn State or like the Cowboys, but found those too plain. Um, And so ultimately, um, Paris Saint-Germain, or I'm botching that, sorry to Rob and anyone else who speaks French who's listening to this, um, but Paris Saint-Germain's soccer kits from La Liga, or what am I saying, from Ligue 1, uh, excuse me, the French top tier, and um, Ajax from Eredivisie, the top tier Dutch league. And they both have that stripe down the front, which I felt was very iconic. And um, it felt like it could have been on like a 1960s NFL team jersey. Um, and so that, uh, as soon as you concocted that up, it was it was still plain and... Um, you know, the sense of like the Penn State or Cowboys style, but it was mm-hmm. unique in a way that no other American sports team looks. Was the plan for you always to uh, predominantly wear white, like even at home, or was that something that came just as you came to like that jersey more than the other? 
Yeah, that's entirely what it was. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I struggled with the color scheme. I don't love red much, um, but like white, blue, and red is the classic sports look. And the teams that I cheer for, like the Chicago, Chicago Cubs are white, blue, and red. Indiana um, University is a red and, and cream color. So um, it felt kind of good to have a, a team that represented me to be in that and that classic look um but i'm always going to be partial to blue blue and purple and green like, like that color palette is my favorite red is a bit too strong for me uh a bit too uh, harsh a bit too abrasive um or at least the the particular shade of red that the winter faces use but it's also but it's like perfect because it's it fits with the bull motif it fits with the, the you know i think of like the running of the bulls in spain or like the at a mm -hmm. um a rodeo where you have the red uh the red cloth that the matador uses all of these things um and so i i love it especially on the the uniform that i never wear with the red stripe down <laughs> the, the the middle of it it looks like a red flag that you would wave in front of a bull um so it's perfect i like the red eyes on the the bull logo but um I, I never intended, as a long-winded way of answering your question, I never intended to always wear white. It just, again, it felt classic. It felt right. And um, I I really don't, like, I don't love the Cowboys style, but I, I keep coming back to it. Like, another team that wears white at home. Um, mm -hmm. And by doing that, too, an, a nice consequence of that is that then I wear the white uniforms, like, all of the time, which... I know some people might get bored of, but I like that it um, it makes that one particular look stand out. Or, mm -hmm. And that's uh, a soccer thing too, isn't it? Like in the Yeah, that's league, true. They, they have like a primary and secondary kit. They don't wear it as equally as like home and away necessarily. Yeah, you're exactly right. They'll only wear their second kit if they're at the away team and the their first kit is Clash. too close yeah or it clashes with the with the home team yeah no you're exactly right and that was the inspiration with the third the alternate um that you designed um the turf tourist look with the green because um every year european soccer clubs will have a, a third that's like just off the wall like it'll have mm -hmm. crazy textures or it'll have wild color choices um and so i like I like the idea of, of being consistent being consistent with that soccer style design um, because it allowed me to, to experiment a little bit and try something that I otherwise didn't with the classic look. Well, you definitely have uh, one of the more unique looks, I think, in the league. And so far, it has worked out very well for you on the field as well. Um, this may be a stupid question, but the first one I have for you, moving away from the de design category, is which championship was more satisfying? Um, no, it's a good question, but it is without a doubt the first championship. Um, it, I mean, we we had this kind of conversation with Katie, and she said that the first just wanted her, made her want a second that much more. Um, but after the first, it was like I like I bought myself like a decade of just enjoying <laughs> enjoying being part of the league, because um, you can only expect to win one at most uh, once every ten years with with 10 teams, I feel. So um, I I felt, the other thing is that that year, the second year of our league, my team was so dominant in the regular season that it almost felt like I had to win. It was like uh, the 
even though I was, my team had performed so well, it felt like I've been disappointed with any finish other than a championship. And so, um, yeah, this, that it, it affected the way I built my team in this third year, this year we just finished. Um, it gave me the comfort to like trade Austin Eckler away and get a, um, a first round pick in this year's draft, um, trade that like after I saw how well my team was playing this year, I really regretted and how well Austin Eckler played the highest scoring, as we talked about in the awards, um, the awards show the highest scoring player, uh, who wasn't Travis Kelsey, I believe. So, or maybe even higher than Kelsey, either way, he would have been very helpful for this year, but, um, I, I, I loved this one all the same and it felt good, but I kind of sensed that if I won this year, I would become a villain and it's coming to fruition. <laughs> coming <through. laughs> yeah. And I don't like playing that role. Um, but I mean, I would hate the winner faces if I were cheering for one of the other nine teams in the league. It's only natural. It's good that the league has um, an, another enemy or an enemy if you didn't um, already have a rival in the league. But I want the winner faces to be America's team. Again, going back to the Cowboys. <laughs> but, but, but the fun of the Cowboys is that uh, they call themselves America's team and everyone hates them. So maybe that's perfect for the winner faces because we, we want to be loved so badly. We want people to cheer for us, but, <laughs> but uh, it's way more fun to, to make fun of them and to root against them than it is to cheer for them. But without a doubt, the first championship was, I'm, I'm still riding that high. I thought if there was any chance it would be the second, it would be because it was less of a, I don't want to say a given, but it was more unexpected. You know, you had to fight your way through all three rounds of playoffs you were the third place team coming into it and a nine and five season which is really good nothing it's that like the year you won at all i think you were at 11 and three if i did the math right when i was going back and removing the median earlier today um but yeah both in incredible victories uh you know dream of chasing this success that you already have so um you have given us all something to reach for do you think you're going to get a third next year absolutely not um i'm i'm incredibly thankful i got the two that i did when i did because the league seems to be really rounding into form i feel like um we've been talking about it in each of our gm interviews but there are a lot of really young talented teams and um, even the teams that have been in the playoffs have been able to add young talent and so um it should be a scrap for the playoffs I, I hope to make the playoffs, of course. I expect to make the playoffs even, but I think asking for anything more than that um, would be very greedy, especially because even last year, um, like you said, I was only the third best team in the regular season, and it felt like a slog. I felt um, like my team was underperforming. I felt, felt like they could play better, but then the entire regular season wrong, entire regular season long, they weren't putting it together. I don't know where I fared by point total, but um, I was, you know, very average. I think the God Kings were higher than me, or if not, they were very close. Um, maybe I'm completely off base here and getting my years mixed up. Let's see. Do you have the standings up of it all? Pulling them up now, and I remember in the season ended too with the Gotham Knights kind of running you down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they were that second seed, so it did feel like the momentum kind of gotten away from you a bit going into the playoffs. Um, oh. It was an exciting end of the year. That was yeah. one of the best storylines going into playoffs, really. Cause of the yeah, the the Gotham Knights, some um, incredible surge after a slow start. Yeah, so uh, I think if anything, I've just realized 
that um, I may may not win again, or at least not for a very long time. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, I I I really wasn't ready to give the trophy up. Like it's it's been sitting in my office, and I like it there, and I don't know what I'd do with Get that spot. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what I'd do with that spot if that wasn't there. So um, it's going to be really bittersweet, and I wasn't ready to give it up quite yet. But I know I know for next year for the 2023 champ, I'm probably going to have to. So uh, by that point, um, hopefully I'll come to peace with it. But no, I certainly don't expect to win it all again next year. And I think it'd be good for the league if other people win too. Like I, I want other people to win. Uh, hopefully, um, well, I don't want to choose any favorites. But, <laughs> but. That's how you want the ballers to win. That's right. <laughs> uh, you, you were right, though. You were uh, fourth in points for not far behind the God Kings, but about 20 points behind them um, and about 40 ahead of the Barley Magic, who I believe, no, touchdown to Nappy and the Mooses, I forgot. Uh, yeah, they both were high scoring. They would have been fifth and sixth if it was ranked just on points um, over the Matriarchs and, Ab, uh, Matriarchs and, and Magic. Um, yeah. I'm going to... Steal a question that you've asked a lot of our guests. Uh, what was your dynasty history like before this league? Is this your first dynasty football, uh, fantasy football league? I know it is. Really it is. I was in a very anti NFL uh, mood when we were in college. I uh, part of it was like there just wasn't as much time to keep up with sports when we were in college because we were hanging out or doing things or doing homework. Um, but I also was really grossed out by, um, again, the like brutishness and hoo-ha-ing of the NFL and NFL fans. And so I didn't keep up with it like at all during those years. It also was convenient because I had grown up a Colts fan and Peyton Manning left around that time. So um, they were bad. So since I didn't have a team to cheer for, a team who was doing well, I could just check out for that stretch. Um, and so I don't think I played in any fantasy leagues for a good stretch there. And then we started the um, the year before the dynasty, we started that fantasy football league. I think that was the first time I'd played fantasy since high school. And um, so I have um, no experience outside of this league. I've considered starting um, uh, or not starting, but, but getting involved in another dynasty league. Over this off season, there were some leagues where I would just join with strangers. It was um, for money, so you could buy a team, and um, because they were like leagues that, or teams that had been abandoned, you could get them at this insane discount uh, mm -hmm. for one year. I thought really long and hard about doing that, but then it felt like um, it wouldn't be anywhere near as fun to to not have the, the jerseys, the the league history, all of the stuff that we have. And um, so it would just be like gambling, which is which can be fun, but not not fun in the way that this is, which is the the thrill that I'm chasing. Have you ever uh, bet on an NFL game? I know you used to be a little into NHL or hockey betting because you wrote me a nice guide once on oh, picking, <laughs> picking lines. It was like a bet where you just pick a line to score. You know what? I guess that was my way back into fantasy football. I hadn't thought about that. So yes, I have uh, I have bet on on NFL games. Um, the NFL is notoriously impossible to bet on. And um, like the, the sports books are just so good at, at making lines one and then two, um, it's very unpredictable. And mm -hmm. so like 
somehow it seems impossible. It seems like somebody would make money on betting NFL, but basically no one makes money betting on the NFL. So I've kind of given up on it um, unless it's like the Super Bowl or I just have this big hunch, but um, you are reminding me. So after college, maybe the last year of college, I got into um, DFS or daily fantasy sports where you would, this is like what FanDuel or DraftKings used to do before there were sports books where you could um, play one week fantasy. Like you would, you would build out your team for just that week's games and you would only have that one score. So I, I would do that. And um, that kind of got me back into the, the swing of keeping up with the NFL and knowing who players were um, when we, when we started back up uh, with our, our single season league, our redraft league that turned into this league. And so I assume this probably, I guess it's brought back the NFL, maybe not fandom, but you definitely watching it more now than you were. Oh yeah. It definitely did. It, it, I would consider myself a fan without a doubt. Um, The, uh, a couple of things happened. One is Patrick Mahomes happened and um, football became fun to watch and cool again. Cause after Peyton Manning got old and sucked the only good offensive team were, were the Patriots and I hated the Patriots and I hated Tom Brady. And so it was fun to have some other quarterback who could throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. And um, now after Mahomes, there's been so many others and we have all these exciting young quarterbacks today. So the in my mind, the product became a lot more fun to watch one, but then yeah, two, uh, I became a Titans fan and I realized partially after not paying attention for a few years, that the only reason I liked the Colts was one, because I grew up in Indianapolis and two, because of Peyton Manning. And um, it was around this time that Jim Irsay, the Colts owner was doing stupid stuff, or at least I was realizing how stupid he was. And I realized that the only person who is benefiting from my fandom is like the team's owner. And I mean, it's not like it matters to him at all, but still like, I, I guess I realized like, what is my connection to, oh, sorry. What is my connection to the teams I cheer for? Um, I started evaluating that when I went to the university of Tennessee and it was like, well, why should I cheer for Indiana when I'm a student at UT? I have a degree from UT and I have no connection other than familial to IU. And so um, I did the same thing with all my sports fandoms and I held on to the Cubs because my grandfather was a humongous Cubs fan. And so um, it's nostalgic and reminds me of my relationship with him. Um, but the Colts just like, I don't know. It's not like any family had any strong ties to them because they themselves were an expansion franchise. Like my dad didn't grow up a Colts fan. My mom didn't grow up a Colts fan. They liked the Bears and the Cowboys. Um, why is this podcast so Cowboys themed? Anyway, <laughs> um, and so because uh, those were the teams that they would be able to watch in Northern Indiana. Um, and so I was like, well, I live in the hometown of the Titans. My friends are Titans fans and they were having a, a pretty good run. Um, they were winning the division. They were exciting to watch. They had Derrick Henry. They had, uh, you know, a young quarterback in Marcus Mariota. <laughs> and so it was a, a nice, easy transition to becoming a Titans fan. So I am, I'm a proud Titans fan and a proud NFL fan. I wave the American flag. I stand for the flag. I kneel for, I kneel for prayer. I don't know how that line goes. Speaking of uh, your love for Mahomes, um, he was, I was looking, was you were, you had the first overall of the first draft 
in our league and he was the the one one for you was there ever any doubt that that's who you're going with or was there any other players you considered for that first pick no i was always and um it's so hard like it's wild how um much changes in the nfl so quickly but at the time we did that draft i don't think anyone would have taken anyone other than patrick mahomes 101 he was probably like 24 or so maybe not even that old and everyone had already like there was no doubt there was no argument like oh he's going to regress this isn't you know he just had a fluky good season like it was very clear that Mahomes was the best quarterback or soon to be the best quarterback in the NFL and he was very young and he was attached to Andy Reid and um so uh I think even if you take away the fact that I I love watching Patrick Mahomes play football, um, I think it would have been the the smart choice for uh, for anyone building their team. And really, yeah, you're revealing the secret. But the only the only reason the winter faces have been able to be what they are is because of drawing that one point one point oh one draft pick and getting Mahomes. And then it also allowed me to um, in that draft we drafted our rookie draft picks. I was able to draft the 101 in the rookie draft that year, um, which gave me Joe Burrow and CD Lamb. And so those three are without a doubt the the core of my team. So um just got very, very lucky that I won a uh one in twelve chance of picking first overall and um and getting that roster. One in ten. Yeah. One um, in ten, sorry. Yeah. You also drafted Brady, which is funny here that you hated him. <laughs> yeah. Fifteenth round, I, I was looking, but well, um, I, yeah, I, I, I had to. It was too good of a value. So my goal with this dynasty dynasty league was I wanted a team I could cheer for. I wanted players I like, and um, I I remember I know for like one hundred percent fact I was going to take Josh Allen. I don't have the draft board in front of me, but Rob was either I think Rob was right in front of me. Do you have the draft board up right now? Uh, yes, I, I do. Let me switch that um, oh, sorry. Probably right after you, yeah. So on the if it's snake, I don't know. Yeah, which it looks like it did. Yep. So he would have been in front of you. He took Allen fourth rounds. Yeah. So that would have been four nine. Four nine. Yep. Yeah, and I would have had four ten. Yeah. Um, I was gonna take Josh Allen there because Josh Allen was not good at that time. Um, or at least he was like a a um. There's a shot in the dark that he could become who he was. But the 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 tough part about here's okay, what I'm trying to say. The tough part about picking 101 is that by the time the draft wraps back around to you at the 210, um, a lot of the other quarterbacks have gone, especially all the quarterbacks you would feel comfortable using a top 20 pick on. And so I was kind of waiting for the that next year of the long shots and really was targeting Josh Allen, but Rob made a great pick. And so at that point, I was like, well, I I need to get this 101 so I can have Joe Burrow because he's we knew he would be starting from day one. And then I needed some kind of a bridge to um to till Joe Burrow could like be good and not just mm-hmm. some rookie learning the offense. And so Brady was the natural choice. I didn't know how long he'd play, but he probably had a couple years left. He'd just joined the Bucks. So as much as I hated him, he fit the roster construction neatly and he was way too he was available way too late in the draft. You said the 15 round, 15th round. That's crazy. Yeah, it was 15 one. Yeah, I'm shocked he fell that far because other older QBs went earlier than that, right? Like, well, nobody's that old, but uh, yeah, Rogers like ben, went earlier. 
Rogers probably Roethlisberger been, probably went before him. Yeah, I'm seeing Breeze. Drew Breeze was a fifth round pick. Aaron Rodgers was a fifth round pick. I would guess Ben Roethlisberger was probably he was thirteenth um, round. It looks 13th. like so a couple yeah. rounds ahead of him. So I have I have no idea why Brady fell that far. The only thing I'm thinking of is he. It might have been if it was right after his last year with the Patriots. He kind of had a not great year, so I couldn't see where it was like. Well, he might play a couple more years, but he's 42 years old and he's declining. So I did get pretty lucky in that regard, too, that he went to an offense um, in Tampa Bay that allowed him to throw the ball 50 times a game. I don't know for sure either, but I would guess most of the people in our league probably aren't huge fans of his or against him, at least in that time, at a point in time. I wish <laughs> yeah. I could seen him in, in Super Bowls. He's kind of yeah. grown on me the more I've watched the football. Like it's kind of appreciated. It is kind of fun to have somebody be that dominant because who knows if it'll happen again, at least for this That's long. a good point. That's a good point. And uh, you're right. I, I grew an appreciation of Brady as I got older too. Some of it was just the fact that, again, Peyton had retired. And um, when I was a Colts fan in high school, you could argue that Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady and people wouldn't think you were absolutely crazy. But then after what Tom Brady kept doing, um, nobody could argue that anymore. So I was like, well, okay, I don't need to defend Peyton Manning's honor anymore. This guy's clear, clearly the best. So. But he is a peckerhead. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you remember when you got Fields? Was that in the draft after the Burrow year? Yeah. So that what first that year, um, it was 1-6 or 1-5. It was 1-5. Um, the first year is that right? Do you have it up? Um, I'm but trying to figure out which one. Yeah, which one it would have been. The first year, the Winter Faces were a very average, very league average team. Um, didn't come together for us in any way, and so we got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. And yeah, it was definitely one five because William was the other team that got eliminated the same round as me, but he was a better team, so he had um a later pick. So, uh, yeah, Justin Fields. So again, I built this team based off of emotions first. I like love certain players and, um, will make picks that aren't necessarily, or make trades for whatever that aren't necessarily in my best interest because I want that player on my team. And so I'd love Justin Fields, um, as a college player and with Brady aging, I needed a third quarterback. And um, again, I knew Brady would still be around this year. So it seemed kind of like what I did with Burrow. I could have Fields learn under Brady's tutelage for a year. And uh, and um, so I passed up on Jamar Chase to, to get Justin Fields. That's probably along with trading Eckler uh, when I was still a, a win now team. Probably the, the dumbest thing I've ever, I've ever done. Um, but I. Jamar Chase I, was drafted after 1 5. Yeah, he was drafted one six. Uh, there were there were a lot of really good quarterbacks that year. So it was um, Lawrence, Fields, and Lance, and then Aaron, of course, took Kyle Pitts, and then um, which was a fine pick. I mean, it was a shocker, but it's not that not that outlandish. And I believe I believe <laughs> the where shock value was the most important thing to him. It seemed like it was the time <laughs> that he chose that. I was he thinking had his of, whole uh, reasoning, though, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he very much loved Kyle Pitts, much the same I fell in love with Justin Fields. I know he, he loved Kyle Pitts very much, but um, I remember 
I was thinking about like that draft moment of like the moment I saw Aaron's pick come across the sleeper notification that he took Kyle Pitts because he'd been hyping it up. He was like, you know, he, he wanted the, he wanted us to come up with who we thought he was likely to take and all of these things. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but then the other person, I'm pretty sure, I don't know what pick it was, but Najee was taken somewhere in there too. He might've been like one, two by the flaming hot cheetahs. And so, um, yeah. Jamar Chase was trapped at 1.6 in that rookie draft. But um, yeah, Fields is also instrumental to who the winner faces are. At least I'm hoping so. He closed the season very strong last year and would be a, a great third quarterback to round out that room. And one last comment on the drafts, because I know we've been talking about it for a bit, but uh, I was shocked to see you had Odell Beckham Jr. on your original roster. I, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention as heavily as at that point or what, but that was an absolute shock to me to see yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's the third regret I have. Thinking back to my original roster is trading away Mark Andrews. Granted, I was able to get Austin Eckler by trading away Mark Andrews, but now my team is awful at the tight end position. Um, but yeah, I was able to turn Odell Beckham into Debo. Uh, it was a three-team deal with the Flaming Hot Cheetahs and the Matriarchs, but I can't remember. I was trying I- to sort it out looking, but sleepers... The way they track since the three-way trade, it's really hard to read like who got what because they don't list everyone on, yeah. under each player, so it's kind of confusing. But yeah, it was a very complex trade. No worked out a lot of the details, but like I know that everyone sent assets to like each team. Like I got assets from both the Matrix and the the Flaming Hot Cheetahs, and I sent assets to both of them. Um, one of the cooler trades in league history. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Definitely one more confusing. I don't know if we've had any other three team trades or at least certainly not of that kind of a significance. Um, but yeah, Odell was, uh, I think Odell was injured for the year. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, it's pointless getting into it, but yeah, Odell was on my team. Mark Andrews was on my team. Um, I don't know if there are any other noteworthy or, or significant graphics i made I, I know like dj moore and chris godwin chris godwin he was on my team yeah i traded him away um those were my first few round picks there chris carson but he retired so we'll always remember the winter face greats of of yesteryear all right well i have one trivia question for you i thought it'd be kind of harder to stump you because i think you probably spend the, the most time in the jersey database besides me so i didn't want it to come up with something i didn't think you could read in there um so my question for you, and the reason I picked it is because you can't find this in the Jersey database. It's from the dark oh. times for the first three or four weeks uh, of CGF history. Who was your very first opponent? Wow. Okay. So um, one, I've been, I've refused to look at the Jersey records, <laughs> but I think my honest. team's also probably difficult because I wear the same Jersey all the time. And I know you've given me fun facts about my jerseys before too. Um, just like when I make my selection, you always tell me like, oh, good choice. You need to, <laughs> you need to win this game. Right um, my first ever opponent. Wow. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that it was Rob Colton or, uh, or Brady or the God Kings. So, um, I'm going to guess. I don't even know if I won or lost. Surely I would remember if I started one or one. I'm going to guess. That's a follow-up question. <laughs> oh, okay. Just okay. guess both at once here if you want. Okay. 
Well, no, I want to. I want to know who I played, so I have a better, a better chance of getting it. I'm gonna guess I played Rob. In touchdown, it was the God Kings, your most frequent opponent. You okay. got started right away playing them. You play them eight times, and then I'll guess that I lost to the God Kings. You won. So. Okay. <laughs> you started off That's... your career with a win. Uh, when I went back to look at this, I also saw that the popular ballers actually won their very first game against the Magic. So two teams have won their first games that have gone on to have very different levels of success. Uh, I was really surprised to see that actually because I think they only won four games that whole year. Yeah. That, well, they, they had a lot of injury problems that year, as I remember. That was the year Deshaun Watson was injured for the season, and then he missed the next year as well because that's when all the sex crime stuff came out. Um Right, I don't, might have got hurt that year as well. That's what I was gonna say. I think I think Dak was hurt, so I think they might have had like a zero QB or you know filling in with some CJ Beathard or whoever it was that they could find on waivers type of weeks. But yeah, they they were very unlucky that year. I'm trying and to remember, eight, they were four and three. They were in a three way tie for a third place. They were in. The um, they would have drafted J.K. Dobbins. Did Dobbins get hurt that year? I feel like he might have missed some games. I don't know, but yeah, they um. And Cooper Cup wasn't yet a superstar that year. He was just a like very okay wide receiver two type. Um, McCaffrey. Well, that's the other thing. McCaffrey missed time. He was out yeah, that entire year. I think you're right. Yeah. So it was a brutal year for the popular ballers injury history. That's a wild fact though that they were four and three through eight weeks or uh, heading into week eight and then didn't win again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was their last win of the season. Wow. But yeah, that's, they were tied with you and. Uh... It was the other four, three, the matriarchs who that's who they lost to that week. So it kind of set the course for how the rest of the season was going to go. That's a perfect little bit of history that me and the God Kings <laughs> played in the first week too. I'm excited to continue to grow our rivalry and um, take them on at their new location in the Grand Canyon. What do you think of the new look overall? You a fan? Yeah, I love it. It's, it's perfect after um, the cheetahs have been out for a year because I think they were kind of in Arizona or roughly the American Southwest. So it's perfect um, both for the local, the local fans who are abandoned by the greedy owners and moved them, <laughs> moved them to Denver. No, of course I'm joking about the Rocky Mountain Mooses, but also for the, um, the design that I really like the, the cream with that deep red and um, all the, the little details that you added into the, the logo and the, alternate logo so yeah i also like that it leaves open the room for some gold design for uh, accents and for other teams i've thought about using gold as well so i don't know if i will but i didn't want to step on the god king's toes and now there's a little little wiggle room for that Mm -hmm. there you go well uh champion anything else you want to say on the on your episode here any message of the week uh no i understand if everybody hates me (laughs) <laughs> but I, but I, I really, I really love this league, and I really do hope that one of the other eight teams that isn't me or Katie wins it this year. There's a lot of deserving teams, and um, so I'll be pulling for each of you to um, to have good years. And this is sincere. I'm not just trying to to get out of your bad graces. Um, I think there are a lot of teams that have deserved it based on past performance, and a lot of exciting young teams that it would be a really exciting to, um to see rise from the ashes take home the championship trophy the silver dietrich the silver dietrich
All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. We're about five minutes away from, I think, the real NFL draft starting uh, tonight. So hope everybody enjoys that. I'm sure we'll be back with you soon to discuss. Can't wait. Can't wait. Have a good week. Thank you.